0: Next on the Sean Morgan Report, Matthew Errett talks about how science has been perverted long before the pandemic. We're going to question the mainstream narrative and expose media propaganda right now.
1: That's a great question. That's a good question. Great question. That's a great question. Well, that's a, a really good question. That's a great
0: question. Well, you're right. Matthew Arrett is the editor of the Canadian Patriot Review. Matt, thanks for joining us. Tell me why you decided to write this new book about science unleashed.
1: Well, the, the, uh, the purpose was, I, I suppose, to think about a follow-up because I had written a four-volume book series called The Clash of the Two Americas. And um, one of the things left un, untouched within the four-volume sort of reconstruction of the, the story of the deep state in America. Where did it come from? How was it organized by the British Empire? What is the British Empire? That's still undead. That's still an active force that interfaces with you know various uh, political cults like the the Fabian Society, the Roundtable Movement, the Rhodes Scholar operation that that did so much damage. So um, in terms of shaping our history, our narratives, the models, um, even in science, that uh, like Eric Lander, the guy who was the head of Joe Biden's science policy, was uh, a Rhodes Scholar, right? Indoctrinated in Oxford, like they all are, and and reinfused back into the USA. Um, To carry out or advance the agenda for essentially um, rebranding fascism and eugenics, the science of population control, around a new set of stories that look different, but it's the same vicious thing that the Nazis were trying to do. Um, And so why don't people see this? It's a multidimensional war against the human soul, the mind, and the body. Um, why do people have so much difficulty, the most, the most educated people, it seems have the most difficulty in wrapping their minds around conspiracies that have shaped all of human civilization that, which is causal, right? So humans, human civilization is, um, a very special thing. Humanity is, is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful, um, wonderful thing where each of us sacred, and um, we're animated by a love of freedom that our soul needs, like our body needs water and food. Our soul needs freedom and dignity, which requires a fight against tyranny. Those who would wish to enslave us, who have a different idea of what human beings are, is made in the image maybe of mud. Um, so this, this clash of ideas is at the causal nexus of the shaping of all human systems, wars, assassinations, revolutions, you name it. You can't understand any of it if you don't look at the opposing view of human nature and God and law that has shaped everything in different parts of the world. So why is it that this causality, which is in the domain of intentions and ideas, is so difficult for people who have been processed through this university materialistic system, who choose to instead think about popular explanations that have no bearing on, you know, conspiracies and become like a bad word. You must, that's a sign that you're crazy. So the the science unshackled was to get it like, well, what is the battleground of the mind and soul, especially around science that has shaped the last 2000 years? And I tried to take a step back. It's about 270 pages, this book, and and it's called Restoring Causality in a World of Chaos to try to get it that there's not just one one thing called Western science, like we've been told in a simplistic fashion, which is a lie that goes from like Plato to... uh, the Renaissance, the Enlightenment, and their modern age of Eric Lander's genetics, and you know he oversaw the CRISPR technology and the Human Genome Project, and all these things. There's not one one continuity. There's two opposing currents, sort of a clash of two sciences, with one one uh, current based upon a belief in God, a belief in the human soul, the belief in the idea that we are made in the image of a creator, which gives rise to the great discoveries creatively throughout the ages that allows us to overcome the limits to growth sustain more people at a higher quality of life um that's tied to the technology of government and its improvement as well as benjamin franklin the great scientist of his day understood that these are two sides of the same the same coin his discovery on electricity and his discoveries and and fight for political freedom two sides of the same fight and um and I tried to get across how the, these two these two currents of science have manifested throughout the ages with certain chapters dealing with the battles over cosmology, over a- atomic physics, um, over life sciences, um, things like that.
0: It's so ambitious. You did such a great job as I was looking through the book, uh, you know, just Western civilization, a lot of people agree, uh, started with the Greeks and with uh, Socrates and Plato, and then you described this uh, divergence uh, between these two uh, opposing currents, as you called it. So so when did it start? When did it diverge? Uh, Plato's uh, student Aristotle, can you talk about how these two sides started to uh, oppose each other?
1: Well, I think that it was already divergent before Plato and Aristotle were having their disputes in the School of Athens, but I think it was the most documented with their works. So it's something we can like latch onto and study more uh, clinically because of their works having survived. Um, I would say that the Platonic school, and we're, we're given a lie saying that Aristotle advanced Plato's thesis or theories, not true. If you actually look at the Platonic dialogues, and I've read them all, and if you read uh, the core works of Aristotle, the Nicomachean ethics, his physics, uh, there's certain core presumptions that place both men in two different universes that they think they exist in. Now, I would say that the, the Platonic world, if you read the Mino dialogue, the, 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 the Philebus, the, the, the Phaedo, he's always very clear that the human being is distinguished by um, a divine spark of an immortal soul that we can prove exists that is shaped by the creator um, who has a triune attribute or quality of being of of the the creator, the created in creation, which he develops in his his Timaeus dialogue. Um, So there's an idea of a soul, whereas in Aristotle, there's an idea of a blank slate, that there is no soul that pre-exists, but rather we just are tabula rasa, which means that those who control the levers of truth, the definitions are those who have power, who can impress their will of onto the students or the, the victims the, within that society that they wish to influence. Um, so whereas Plato's getting across in his allegory of the cave, that the point of the true philosopher is to love wisdom, not to act like a sophist and say that you have wisdom. And that means not only getting out of the cave where people might believe that in shadows being real, cast by shadow makers behind them, that they don't know exist, but also the willingness to go back into the cave out of love of your fellow man, even at risk of your own life, which is the part that the oligarchy who likes using Plato's Republic as a guide for their manipulations, they don't like that part that Plato, or through, through the voice of Socrates, says the true philosopher must, after learning how to think and use the eyes of reason to look at the world as it is through knowledge instead of through the senses then go back morally into the cave to help others. They hate that part um, because that's the, that's the part that, again, a Benjamin Franklin, a Martin Luther King Jr., a JFK, is tapping into when they're developing their courage and creative powers to fight against systems of global evil. Um, so, yeah, that, that's one of many differences between the Platonic and, and Aristotelian way of thinking of human, human beings, the creator, and the creation that we're supposed to be exploring.
0: And here we are in the modern age where you have these different gurus, technocrats talking about merging with the singularity and, and installing brain chips and so mm-hmm. forth. And you never hear any of them talking about liberating others from slavery or mental slavery. It's all, it's always just, we are gods and and uh, we need to liberate ourselves and just bask in the glory of our greatness. Once we merge with the machine. Uh, so such, such a different philosophy I'm even reminded of the Eastern religions and and, and Buddhism where once you achieve enlightenment, uh, you're supposed to actually go back and through many lifetimes uh, and and help enlighten others, not just stay in Nirvana and, and enjoy yourself. Uh, so, right. so there is this kind of moral versus amoral uh, of the two schools of thought, uh, and you talked about the creator versus the uh, the creatorless, uh, the atheistic versus the believer as another way of looking at these two currents. So, what are some of the other attributes of these two currents?
1: Sure, yeah. Well, one of them is is the idea that the universe is organized in a fashion which is noble to the mind of somebody who is nurtured their um their their poetic aesthetical identity. The sense to 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 render one's soul sensitive to higher beauty, higher sentiments, is an important component of the Platonic philosophy that takes note that if we don't if if we want to avoid the error of projecting our own neurotic disorders onto the creator when we when we conceptualize what the essence of the creator is, which is what oligarchs will do right the idea of a tyrannical god that wants obedience kind of like a tyrant wants in a fascist world system that that's a mistake you you want to first tap into your love the sense that there's a connection between beauty truth and goodness as different sides of the same thing which is necessary as we cultivate our our powers of mind and emotions to feel again universal sentiments not sentiments like i like cake that's very relative but sentiments like I despise injustice. I am angered when the good is unnecessarily uh, subverted for evil, when lies are believed in. That, that, that feeling that I get now that I had when I was, it's a similar feeling that I had when I was five, though every particle in my body that makes up my bones, my skin, my flesh, my blood is different. That same essence of like Matthew at five years old who hated lies or, and hated injustice or felt something, it's a similar feeling though, more matured based on my, my discoveries over the years. So um, Plato in his, in his Timaeus. So you're saying that that that... the bad art
0: movement, Mm -hmm. the modern art, which, which could be just a a dot on the wall and we're all supposed to stare at it and and we don't get it. So uh, we can't enjoy the art world anymore. Like we could looking at a a Cezanne. Uh, So this kind of modern art movement of perverting art uh, from beauty to ugliness and celebrating ugliness uh, is part of these two different
1: schools of thought, battling it out. Oh, big time. Yeah, most certainly, most certainly. And and that's why I even have chapter a chapter in the appendices on the CIA's creation of modern art, abstract art, atonalism of Scho- uh, Schoenberg um, and uh, Jackson Pollock, all these things that are just paints. Princip- Paint splatterings, or as you pointed out, just like a dot. And is if you could come up with a, a bullshit, sorry, uh, if you could come up with some intellectual justification for for that dot representing something um, seemingly deep, then it could sell for hundreds of millions of dollars, which is part of also money laundering, but it's also part of the initiation of the elites, the new the nouveau riche, into the inner uh, clubs. They have to buy, drop a few hundred a million or billion dollars on this bad art. That has been popularized by the CIA as part of the war against the soul of the people. Because if you can't judge what is beautiful, you 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 no longer lose you lose a, an important capacity to judge a lie, an evil, an ugly idea or intention. Because when you when you judge, well, what's the difference between a Barack Obama or um, a Martin Luther King Jr.? Well, they they use flowery language, they use rhetoric. Um, which appeals to emotions, but one actually has a beautiful discoverable uh, intention shaping the unfolding of the words, whereas the other has only lies and fakery with a very evil intention, ultimately hiding behind the words that a sensualist would not be able to uh, discern. So you've got to be able to to have an aesthetically developed sense of universal beauty and how how it is tied to reason. It's not separate. And the CIA broke that apart by saying, no, Reason in art is the tyranny of reason that pollutes good art. And if you want to be a good artist, you have to be free to be irrational, free to have a cult of ugliness, to be ugly if you want to, because being ugly right. is more authentic and more honest because ugliness is the world. And, and the, world, the world is made of these ugly, polluting, hypocritical humans who lie to themselves. So a true artist must be an, an, an emotionally ugly expressionist that will reflect the truth of the world and not be a hypocrite trying to be beautiful when we're ugly. So it's, it's all of this baggage came in with that that made us more pliable.
0: I guess the two schools of thought at this point could be good versus evil when you put it that way, because when you think about, uh, Soviet architecture and the impact that had on, on the way people think about themselves and and, and their peers and, mm. and society, uh, and I'm also, uh, relating to that, uh, Warren Buffett's partner, uh, Charlie Munger, uh, was willing to pay for a hundred some million dollar uh, dormitory as long as they wouldn't put windows in it. A- and there were different architects uh, who worked on the project who ended up quitting because they just thought it was so inhumane to put human beings in that type of environment of of uh, imprisoning them, even though people were supposedly getting a free dorm room or the university was getting a free building. Uh, It's like getting a free prison. Is it something that you really want to give to people? Uh, So that's what we're up against. The richest, most powerful people in the world want to put us in buildings that don't have windows. Uh, This is disturbing, but it's important to understand. We are going to take a quick break. As soon as we get back, Matt will explain more of these two schools of thought in his book, Science Unshackled, as soon as we get back.
1: The world is about to shift. Banks are going cashless globally with the emergence of central bank digital currency, which will bring with it programmable money and the ability to turn on or off your purchasing power based on your digital social profile. It's like the equivalent of spyware in your bank account. You need to get out of the system with the world's safest and most private assets, silver and gold. Call Kirk Elliott, PhD, 720-605-3900.
0: My Pillow, my passion was to help each and every one of you. And 20 years later, all of your support is what keeps us going. Because of you, we've been able to create thousands of USA jobs and help millions get the best sleep ever. To thank you, my employees and I are bringing you a limited edition My Pillow. The Giza elegance my pillow is made with my patented adjustable fill, the most amazing cotton, and a two-inch pipe gusset. It has four custom loft levels, machine washable and dryable, and you get my 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty.
1: Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code to get your limited edition 20th anniversary MyPillow queen size. Retails for $69.98, now only $19.98. That's right, get a queen size MyPillow for only $19.98. From all of us here at MyPillow,
0: Thanks America! We're talking to Matt Errett, the author of Science Unshackled. So, Matt, there are these different uh, figureheads in the history of science, like Newton. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they form the basis of, of everything. Uh, you know, Darwin. I mean, we we learn in school about these important figures, and and in the book, mm-hmm. uh, you tear them apart. So, can, can you can you? Take us after uh, Plato and Aristotle into the cosmology. Uh, What were the two different schools of thought that you identified related to our cosmology?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I I did. I I did indeed tear them apart, uh, so to speak. And I I think the, the, the two opposing characteristics of these two schools of thought is that one presumes a universe which is ultimately animated by the absence of life or otherwise known as death and decay. That the universe is a clock, uh, almost like a clockwork universe, which has a limited amount of energy into making things move, and everything. Every time something moves, it takes up energy, which is then uh, uh, pulled out from the system as a whole as things are uh, are increasingly moving towards a death state. Otherwise known, it's, it's been retooled in our current uh, standard theory cosmology uh, as the heat death of the universe at some point uh, in the future. Now, uh, the other school presumes. And this is the Platonic school, the Pythagorean school, um, that gave rise to the great creative revolutions and discoveries that also had a political freedom-oriented expression too, um, presumes a a principle of life animating, not death, but life animating the uh, universe and creativity being something based on the concept that God is not only the creator of the universe, but is not absent in any part of the universe, that every part of the universe, however small or large or whatever, is full of the principle of creation by the creator himself as a constant living God, not a dead God or a tyrannical God that create the, created the universe, but is impotent to actually influence the universe after it was created you know, perfect, because it's not perfect, there is evil. So, um, and that's the consequence of human beings having the ability to uh, be wrong. To, to believe in lies and act accordingly. So the Newtonian world, if you look at Newton, many of the godheads of science that we've been to- fed that we have to sort of pay homage to unquestionably, Darwin, Newton, there's many others. If you actually look at their writings and look at the source of their discoveries, because their equations often will have a functionality to them, the inverse square law or the infinitesimal calculus is useful. But the source of it is never them. There's always, you will find on digging, as, as I tried to get across in source documentation, um, the, the, what became known as gravity under Newton was actually discovered by Johannes Kepler over 80 years before Newton. The infinitesimal calculus attributed to Newton was actually made by people like the Bernoulli brothers and Godfrey Leibniz, a follower of Kepler, and both all Platonists of the Augustinian tradition, all following a Pythagorean thinking that the universe is organized harmonically according to a musical principle that also manifests visually in the the geometric domain that is tied to the five platonic solids as well, which create certain proportions that have musical expression. Um, And that's how Kepler proved his planetary laws, as you could find by reading his Harmonies of the Worlds, which I I did with a a grouping of friends when I was uh, working through the LaRouche organization and Schiller Institute many years ago that gave me that opportunity. And then you could see OK, the, the people who we celebrate for having made these discoveries and we, re- we memorize their formula, but we don't learn about the essence of the discovery is are frauds. They're actually frauds working with black magical circles it, within the Rosicrucian networks of Francis Bacon, John, John D. Um, like Newton was a black magician. He was an alchemist, a numerologist. And, there, and there's no evidence of any actual science work in his surviving papers other than alchemy and black magic and numerology, trying to calculate the end of the world. That's all we have. Um, Whereas the other scientists like Kepler and Leibniz and Bernoulli, you could see their physical experimentation. They're not trying to impose a mathematical view onto the universe, but they're they're trying to make their mathematical limited language adapt to the, the created discoveries of the universe. They're not, and this is the difference between the transhumanists and the eugenicists and the imperialists versus true scientists they have the humility to know that we will always be, we will never know everything. We will never be gods. We have to have that humility, such that we can then make discoveries of God's creation and be more sensitive to how little we actually know, but how good we actually can be by acting um, according to those discoveries. That allows us new freedoms to fly when we discover laws of aerodynamics. Right when we discover the laws, the mysterious laws of electricity, we have we can all of a sudden use electricity in a way that allows us to overcome limits to growth, that allows us new abilities to sustain more people at a higher quality of life, um, which the oligarchy despises. The Malthusians, the controllers of Darwin, like Thomas Huxley, the um, the extension of Darwin into eugenics and social Darwinism under Galton and Herbert Spencer, and their extension into the transhumanists, led by people like Thomas Hux- uh, Julian Huxley and Altus Huxley. Um, they all deny They hate. They despise this this fact that human beings are a species that of an open system. We are. We we can discover more of ourselves inwardly as we discover more outwardly. And you read the writings of people like Max Planck, Madame Curie, Mendeleev, who made discoveries where they were all using this this Platonic, Augustinian, Keplerian method in opposition to those who would wish to undermine them, like the uh, the the Copenhagen School of quantum mechanists around Niels Bohr and. Oppenheimer and Heisenberg, who are, who are just occultists, they, they don't make discoveries; they make descriptive models that can maybe find a limited a use, but otherwise create an obscurantism that opens the door to justifying why AI will inevitably replace human beings because we're that limited, unless we fuse with machinery to become um, you know relevant again. So that's the well. The I'm short noticing how a th-
0: I I'm noticing it. A, a theme here of that. People who have that belief uh, of no creator and and the scientists who, who are leading that side of, of that school of thought are occultists and black magicians mm-hmm. and Satanists. So this is disturbing to, to learn that uh, some of these people who are put up there as heroes on a pedestal for, for kids in elementary, middle and high school uh, were part of this kind of dark school uh so so nowadays we've got the fauci's we've got the bill nye the science guys and these various uh science figureheads they go around acting like experts and acting like they are the authorities uh are there any maybe you want to mention a few more in the modern schools of um science maybe maybe our modern uh quantum mechanics or, or, or cosmologies that that are string theory, some of these different things that we're still talking about today to try to fi- sure. figure things out. Who are some of the kind of CIA figureheads that are pushing a narrative and who, who are some legitimate scientists who are really, um, pushing us to understand things to the next level and disco- discover new things. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anyone in pop culture or anyone in, in science oh, yeah. that, that we might've heard of that, that you might want to point us in that direction of these two schools still battling it out today?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I, I do go through some of these, these um, more contemporary um, representatives of either school within the the pages of my book, uh, Science Unshackled, uh, So people can read about pe- those like uh, the recently deceased uh, scientist, uh, Robert B- Gussard, um, who discovered uh, a completely novel and, and wonderful approach to, to, um, to fusion energy, um, which was unfortunately uh, undermined by the U.S. Navy and U.S. Naval Intelligence. But uh, there's people uh, like Michael Claridge, a lot of the, the figures who are currently revolving around the Electric Universe grouping. There are, there are, I don't agree with everybody, but there's a lot of really potent science and engineers in that domain. Uh, doing great work, um, picking up the torch, despite the standard model uh, cosmologists and quantum theorists who have really dominated the institutions. And I don't think that most of them are aware of the political funding necessarily behind what they're doing, but um, it's, it's, that's how cults work. You don't, not every member knows that they're part of the cult. So again, there's a lot that I go through in the book that showcase the more um, recent representatives of either school.
0: Right. And are there, what would you say to a parent raising a child right now to, to get them out of that public education uh, type of mindset of obedience to authority rather than critical thinking? Just go back to that Platonic, uh, Socratic method of discovering the truth mm. and, and building and creating and experimenting. Uh, any, any, to point at uh, about how we've got the homeschooling movement and so forth. Uh, Go ahead, take it away.
1: Yeah, definitely focus on uh, original text, source text. So look for people who made discoveries and then read their writings. Don't read about them from other experts. Um, Read the writings. I guarantee you they're eminently readable generally, and uh, they will tell you a lot more about how their minds worked when they were making a discovery, whether it was Kepler, whether it was Leibniz, or whether it was Plato and his followers like uh, Xenophon and others from the Platonic Academy. You can read their writings um, and then try to replicate as much as you can, do justice to uh, um, understand everything make it relive the discovery process. And in so doing, new faculties will be presented to you that you won't even imagine. It's much better than just memorizing the right answers like we've often been conditioned to um, in the current education system to memorize but not understand why... A formula is true. So why, how is a squared plus b squared equals c squared? What does that physically mean in the physical universe when you deal with squares and triangles? What's being expressed? Why is it true? How did Pythagoras think when he was making that discovery? What about the doubling of a square? What what actions physically must be happening that are not simply mathematical to the doubling of the surface area of a square that makes it double its surface area instead of just saying like you know one squared times two equals two. Um, do it Do it geometrically, do it in the real world that, that exists first, and then you could start seeing that math is a useful but limited shadow domain, a tool, but not something we should be worshiping. Whereas the oligarchy wants us to worship the tool and identify it as if it is governing. Follow the rules. The We've dance got these laws, and physics. we just need to memorize yes.
0: the laws and follow the rule book rather than uh, continue to make discoveries and see the patterns mm. uh, that, that may exist. Mm. Uh, doing great work, Matt. Where can people go to buy the book?
1: They can go to canadianpatriot.org or write me at canadianpatriot1776 at tutanota.com. And uh, I, we have free copies—not free. Sorry, we have signed copies I could uh, uh, send your way. Uh, also, books on the Clash of the Two Americas and uh, my wife's books on the uh, Empire in which the Black Sun never set. Also available signed copies or on Amazon on our websites.
0: You and your wife are such a power couple in our movement. You're, you're doing really great work to deprogram us, to educate us. Uh, you know, Break us down and build us up, Matt. You're doing really, really great research. Uh, and I really admire what you're doing. And I think if everyone wants to dive in, just go to canadianpatriot.org. Thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. And thank you, all of you, for watching AMP News. We are America's Patriot Network. You can get my breaking news updates, seanmorganreport.com. You can get our latest shows on the ampnews.us. God bless all you patriots. Good night. Good luck.
1: a loyal demographic of freedom-loving Americans who vote with their dollars. Promote your patriot business on Amp News. Contact Sean Morgan at Sean at AmpNews.us.